0: Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, here's one thing that we all have in common with each other this morning. Trouble. (laughs) And here's one thing that we don't have in common with each other this morning, and that is how we each respond to troubles. Uh, One of the things I've been kind of really interested in over the years is what I would call deconversion stories. I've been fascinated in the way that uh, people who have had amazing faith and vibrant faith and alive faith and head to church every Sunday faith and read my Bible every faith somehow walk away from the faith. An event comes into their life and suddenly they're just no longer here And one of the saddest parts about the last few years, as many people, particularly Christians, have experienced trouble, is watching people walk away from the faith, mainly because of trouble. On the other hand, uh, I find it also interesting when you see, and haven't you seen this, people who seem to be in exactly the same circumstances, the same hardships, the same challenges, the same things that come into their life, and they don't walk away from the faith, they get stronger, it's almost as if they get better. Have you seen that? Uh, I've seen it with all sorts of people. What is with that? I I remember one of the ladies that impacted me the most in my faith over the years was uh, a lady, Deb, who was at my childhood church, St. Paul's, and um, Deb, uh, Deb and her husband were like one of those glamour couples. He was like six and a half feet tall and huge guy and football player. And he was a police diver. And I remember one day at church hearing the news that as a police diver, he'd gone down to look for something at the bottom of Manly Dam and his respirator uh, in his breathing apparatus, the condensation had frozen over and locked shut. And uh, he just about drowned. He ran out of air. And so in the space of a week, there was this strapping six foot, big guy um, being pushed almost in a vegetative state down the pew of our church and as she sat beside him for many years. And of course, you know, the story wasn't rosy, the marriage didn't eventually last and yet it was um, surprising that I was talking to a pastor at a church up there in Chatswood and he was telling about his staff and his team members and what they're all about and sure enough on staff was this lady, Deb. How is it that someone that goes through that level of hardship, something that, you know, maybe you and I have never really experienced, still maintain their faith in God after something as horrendous as that? What's with that? I think um, what's really important for you to know too, it would, at this point, it would be really wrong of you to conclude that faith is just, as I say here, a trick or a talent. Faith is not a trick or a talent, it's something that you grow and it would be a mistake to say in your mind oh well she must have just had a bigger dose of the faith gene have you ever caught yourself thinking that when we see people do amazing things for God you see people have become missionaries people are doing incredible acts of faith as people and we just kind of say well they were just kind of born with bigger faith I could never do that and that's a mistake because we see that faith is something that is grown, uh, grown, and it's grown up well by the troubles that come into our life. See, she has w- what I want to talk to you about this morning. She has what you actually have in yourself in seed form. Um, she had what you have available this morning, and, and here's, here's my proof, because you've experienced it. And you don't even have to be a Christian to experience this, by the way. Um, this is just something that you observe in life, but have... Have you ever looked back at a situation in your life that at the time you thought this is going to sink me? And now when you look back at that situation, you go, nothing. Anyone ever had that situation? Hands, there we go. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I said, <laughs> look, around. there's the proof. You grew. It's almost as if you are better. You're better for it, you're better because. Of it. I don't know, maybe you had an exam and it thought it was going to kill you and then you passed. Maybe you had a season in business when you were running it off the smell of an oily rag and you succeeded. Maybe there were times when the finances were low and you had to get rid of stuff in your life and yet God showed up and you had moments of laughter and joy and sweetness that you never thought that you would have before when you had all this stuff and you survived. Maybe at the deepest level you've lost a loved one and it crushed you in that dark night of the soul. And then you picked yourself up and you moved on day by day. And you grew. Uh, my one my one is, I want to write a book called uh, How to Parent Your First Child Like It's Your Third. <laughs> you reckon that would be a good one? <laughs> Neville and Liz? Yeah. <laughs> You'd be feeling that right now. She, there are times when she almost is going to sink you, right? You're out of the eight-week type mark. You know, it was like that when I first had my kids. It's, you see it in, when you're in the room with the, with the kids. You know, when I first had Zach, I went to change his first ever nappy and I went and dead set, didn't I? I went and got the gloves from the, from the wall in order to change his nappy, right? When Chelsea was born, she came straight out of Kristen. There's blood and, oop and gook everywhere. And I'm just like getting in there. I'm clearing it out of her mouth. I'm white. Give us a, telling the nurses, give me a towel. Here we go. And even the nurses said, oh, you can tell he's a dad that's already had some kids. <laughs> Things that you think would seek you at the time, you go, it's nothing. So here's the question. Like, if you can look back at those situations... And say well you know what i thought they were going to kill me but i survived and i was better because of it then could it be possible that you look to the current and the future situations in your life that are causing you the fear and the anxiety right now and declaring in faith because of what's happened back then i can be better because of it is it possible Now we're getting somewhere. This is your superpower. Your superpower that you have this morning is your ability to choose to choose how you respond to the way that trouble comes into your life. You can choose how you respond to how trouble comes in your life. You can choose as to whether you're going to be the sort of person who walks away or the person who stands firm and stays with it and is a person of faith. You can choose to do that. In fact, it is the choice that will make all the difference and now before I go any further I recognize this morning that there are people in this room and you are right in the middle of it and I know that already you know for what you are going through at the moment or what you're facing this week you are facing things where you're saying Sam if you knew what I was going through you wouldn't be so preachy preachy up there you wouldn't be laughing you wouldn't be making jokes and my pastor's heart says I get that and my hope is for you this morning that if you hear the gift of what the followers that went before us in this faith that we call Christianity, what it what it gives you to transform the circumstances that are ahead of you. If you, if you just knew what was ahead of you, I just beg you to stay with us for three to five more minutes at least. Because you're not alone and this is nothing new throughout history. The first followers of Jesus in the first century, first couple of hundred years, they understood what it was like and these people who followed Jesus, the early authors of the New Testament, which is really, um, it's, it's not some religious book, it was just a bunch of blogs that were placed together of their personal experiences, people who were in hardship and suffering and when they went through, for them, suffering and trouble were the norm. There was no smashed avocado on toast, right? There was no movies on the weekend. It was a life of incredible hardship and we are the benefit. The whole, have you ever thought the whole reason why they're here is because of the way that they endured through that hardship and suffering? And, and in fact, they suffered physically, they were persecuted, they were pushed out of home and yet they maintained their faith in God. And they saw and they felt the tension that you and I feel and it's not just a Christian thing, this is a thing thing. We feel the tension that if you Christians say that God is so good, and if God is so for you, the way that you quote that from that Scripture in Romans, then why are we dealing with all of this junk? Ever felt that? Come on, be real, Christians. The tension that we all feel. If He's so good, I thought I'd pray the prayer and He's for me. And if God is with me, then life is good. Well, take the advice from James, the brother of Jesus. I mean, if you're on the inside circle of the faith... If you want some political favours, I kind of think if you're the brother of the Son of God, then he's going to cut you a bit of slack. And what we have to understand is the guy that wrote the words that we're about to read and give us the advice that we've got this morning was murdered for his faith in his brother. And he says this, he says, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know consider it pure joy. Now, when James says consider it pure joy, Jesus is not saying to his followers, when he says consider it pure joy, He is not saying be the type of Christian that when you are going through the troubles and someone asks you how you're going, you go, I'm fine, oh, that's great, I call that McDonald's Christianity, yeah, that's great, how can I help you? Right, he's not saying that when the troubles, come, when, by the, by the way, he says, whenever, when, not if the trials come, when they come, he says, consider it pure joy. He's not saying that the trials are joy, and you and I both know that. What he's saying is that there is a mental process that can happen when you start thinking, pause, stop, think. When the trials come, just stop for a moment before you emotionally overreact, he says. Stop for a moment and start thinking that there is a joy that is possible when you go through this. And here's why, verse 3, because you know, underline, you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. You know that the testing, there is a sense here that James is saying, I don't know, it's almost like James is saying, have you ever had a situation in your life where you thought it would kill you at the time, but now that you look back at it, you go, 'Mm, that's nothing? James is kind of saying that, you know, you've experienced the faithfulness of God in the small things, so when you're in the current trial, you know this. You know this. He's reminding you, you can be better because of it. And so if you are ready now to tap out and to give up and to walk out and to stomp out, James says, stop. You know This may be for some of you this morning. This may be for some of you, it's your last shot this morning. Maybe for some of you, you're watching online because you saw the title of the YouTube clip and you're just wondering how I can be better because of it. Maybe that's for some of you, you think this is my last shot and if God is so good, then I'm going to give him a chance and something miraculous needs to happen this morning or I'm done. And if that's you, then listen to this, verse 4. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Hear that? Let perseverance finish its work. That's a weird phrase, isn't it? Let perseverance, let just standing still and holding out, finish its work. You hear what he's saying? He's saying, and I've come to discover this in my life, that at times there is work in the waiting. It doesn't feel like it at the time. You feel like you're getting crushed. You feel like you're not going to make it through. But he says, just hold out. Let the process Of the holding out, finish its work. There's work in the waiting. Part of what causes this, I should have walked out, they deserve to give up and they don't kind of faith, is the person who chooses to stay knowing that this is the primary way that we grow in our faith, through hardship and trouble. Now, it's not just faith, by the way. It's not just faith, by the way. Some of you ridiculously pay people huge sums of money each year to bring trouble And pain into your life. They're called personal trainers. (laughs) You've understood scientifically how this works. You go and you give up your good 50 bucks a session to say, cause me more pain, please. It's crazy, isn't it? Who the heck would ever do this in their life, right? It's because people understand that when it comes to growing physically, that there actually is the mechanism of the fact that the pain is the thing that causes the growth. It's when you get to rep six out of ten and you don't think you can make it and you just have to say to yourself, there's work in the waiting, there's work in the waiting, there's work in the waiting. That's how troubles can feel like sometimes, can't they? Troubles can feel like rep number six out of ten with 105 kilos on the shoulders, right? Right? And so if it's true of our physical life, let me tell you this morning, what James is saying is it's true of the spiritual life. If you're a person of faith, faith is not a trick or a talent. Faith is a spiritual muscle. Faith is not gullibility. Faith is considering the things around you and growing through the process of trusting in God. I mean, like if the barbell was here and I saw it and I need to do some deadlifts, I don't grow the Hemis just by looking at the bar and saying, I know that that thing causes muscular hypertrophy. I know that thing is going to give me whopping awesome looking hamstrings. I know that thing is going to grow me, it's going to cause me pain. But the hammies don't grow if I just look at it. And that's because there's a big difference between believing in the bar and doing the bar. And what's ridiculous is like so many Christians come to church going, I know, yeah great sermon Sam, it's awesome. Yeah, I believe that I can grow through troubles. I believe that I can get stronger through all this. I believe that I can be better for it. And you and I both know that the growth happens through doing. Stepping out in faith, in spite of the anxiety-inducing troubles that are coming into our lives, it's trusting that God will do something in all of this. It's the doing that makes a difference. (laughs) You grow by doing. I call this the stress wood principle. I shared this with some of you a couple of years back. You know in Texas they built a thing called the biosphere and basically what they did is they uh, created this alternate version of earth in this plastic dome and some people lived in there for I think three or four years out in the deserts of Arizona and they grew beautiful trees and creek all through it and people lived in there amongst the rainforest and it was all temperature controlled and perfect environment and what they discovered a couple of years into the experiment is that some of the trees that were in there just started dropping their branches off for no reason and they couldn't quite explain it until they got the limbs of these trees that were just dropping their branches and looked at them under the microscope and they discovered what the problem was and they looked at it and they went oh i know what it is there's no stress wood It's no stress wood. what happens in trees is that when the wind blows against the trees, when the wind starts pressing in from the coast and and starts trying to tip them over, the tree, as a result of the wind blowing against them, develops a particular type of fibre in the boughs called stress wood. And so that's the thing that makes the tree stronger. And so in the absence of wind in the biodome, the biosphere, these trees had never developed the level of strength that they needed to even hold their own limbs. Hey, have you ever met a biosphere human? (laughs) You know what they're like. They're weak. There's no gravity about them. That's right, Wendy Sue. Their arms just flop to their side. (laughs) Wendy Sue's up the back practicing. They kind of look like this. (laughs) Right? You know what they're like. There's not a gravity about them. They're flaky. They're easily pushed around. They walk away. You and I don't like trouble, but trouble's necessary to grow, it's the mechanism by which we grow. Which then I guess, you know, it begs the question this morning in all of this, that for you then, I want you to consider that, look, if troubles are the way that we grow in our faith, then do you see troubles as pain to be avoided or an opportunity to grow? And I know that it's real and it's scary for some of us this morning. I've had multiple pastoral conversations with people this week. I had a conversation with one of our people who's, you know, moved to earning their salary purely on what they bring in. Uh, someone this week who's, who's dealing with the realities of the anxiety of just, am I going to make the payroll for the employees every week? I've talked to someone this week who's, who's unemployed, and they say, you know what, Sam, I've been around here for five or ten years, but there's nothing like going through it to take it from here down to here. Anyone agree with that? You've got to go through it. You've got to th- go through it to grow. And part of the way that we are grown and part of the way that, that we make sure that we grow well are three key factors as we finish this morning. Quickly, first and foremost, it's what we believe. You know what I've discovered in my deconversion stories? the people that have walked away from the faith really haven't walked away from Jesus, they've walked away from a version of the faith. They've walked away from the version of the faith that says, if you just believe in God, then everything will go well. And they kind of forget that Jesus himself said, in this world you, not might, not possibly, not perhaps, in this world you will have trouble. Jesus was real. Jesus was the OG. He was just, he understood. He he said in this world, you will have trouble, but cheer up, I've overcome the world because I'm going to take you into the kind of life, and this is what we talked about last week, life to the full, the kind of life that in spite of the pervasive troubles that both the person of faith and the person not of faith will, will experience, I will create you to be the type of human being that will endure and persevere. So, our testing of our faith actually reveals to us and here's a great opportunity what it is or who it is that we're truly believing in those that tend to walk away from the faith tend to walk away from a version of the faith but also a key part of it too is who we listen to the second thing you need is to have the right people around you you know if, have you ever had those sorts of friends And Christians, haven't we had this, right? When you go through hardship in your life and it depends what branch of the church you're from. Hopefully you've never been in those sorts of churches where you're going through this hellish trouble in your life and someone comes up to you and says, "Mm, brother, sister, is there some deep sin in your life? In fact, um, Jesus himself was dealing with that kind of thinking. (laughs) Uh, When in John chapter 9... He's there with his disciples and they see a blind man and they say to him, well, what, what did he do? What sin is in his life? And Jesus, just, Jesus said to him, this, it's not about sin, that's just how life is. It's horrible, the guy's blind. <laughs> have you got helpful friends around you that help you to see the situation clearly? Have you got friends around you um, that are not like, remember back in the book of Job and his friends, how helpful they were? You know, what have you ever done, Job? Oh, this is crazy, God must not be with you. <laughs> Have you got friends in your life that remind you of these sorts of truths that we're talking about this morning? Who we listen to is absolutely vital. And the last one is how you frame it, how you see it. When troubles come into your life, are they unfair or are they an opportunity? When troubles come into your life, are they proof that God has left you or do you declare that He's working? When troubles come into your life, are they things where you say, it's going to kill me? No, it's going to grow me. Everything's to do with how we frame this this morning and it's the things, what we believe, who we're with, how we frame it that determines this, that we all know that generally what makes the difference between a trouble that builds faith and a trouble that breaks faith is how we see the way that trouble can work in our lives. Troubles test our faith, but when viewed through the right lens, they can grow it so, uh, I want to leave you with a, a life-altering, a direction-changing destiny, determining question for you this morning, and it's a question I've asked you before, and you'll find this, by the way, church, I'll keep asking these sorts of questions, because, you know, it, you have to listen to something seven times to remember it, just as well as writing it down, have you guys ever heard that statistic, right, so for all of you with a notebook up there, Rena, you get a gold star, right, I'll just tell it to you once, everyone else is getting this seven times, Okay, that's fine. Eric, I see that note, that counts too. <laughs> um, here's a question. How would someone in your situation respond if they were absolutely convinced God was with them? Because what's true for you and I this morning is troubles are coming. And you may well be in the middle of trouble. And your superpower... It's the fact that you get to choose to choose how you will respond to trouble and your answer to this question is going to determine the way that you respond to trouble. I know in my life I've responded to troubles in all sorts of different ways but I've responded the best when I'm absolutely convinced that even though I can't see it, even though I can't sense it, Lord, I'm believing that you're with me. In fact, even better, I'm just I'm just going to work this out as a case study. Even if I don't sense that you're there, I'm going to be the sort of person that steps out in faith, believing that you are with me, (laughs) expecting that you are with me. See, at the end of the day, there is more going on that meets the eye. And if you are in the middle of it this morning, if you're watching in and you're just ready to tap out and go out, I want to tell you this morning that your troubles are just a chapter in the entire story. And some of you know this already because you've already been through the trouble chapter in your life and you are better because of it. And so imagine if we became the sort of people that when trouble comes into our life, we don't freak out, we don't tap out, but we say this could be an opportunity To grow. Imagine if we became the sort of people who went, let's not miss this unprecedented and hopefully once in a lifetime opportunity to learn and gain the perspective that we can have from the troubles in our life. Let's not merely settle just getting through trouble. Let's be better because of it. Let's pray. Father, I'd ask that, especially this morning for those that are in the middle of it that you would um, comfort those who are right in that liminal space between there's no going back but they can't see clearly what the future is going to hold for them. Lord, I pray your comfort and peace over them. Lord, I, I pray for those this morning that are steering down troubles. Praying for those who have sleepless nights at the moment those whose thought life is consuming them and we declare that this morning father is a wonderful and a natural expression of our humanity I don't declare that as a weakness of faith that is that is our human condition and all of these emotions are a declaration that we need your guidance lord jesus and we need to sense your presence by the holy spirit in our lives I pray over every bit of pain in the past, every loss. I thank you for the declaration of so many lives in this church, the people I have conversations with during the week, those that we'll talk to after the service, those who will share their stories in community groups this week, of the situations that they thought were going to kill them. But Father, because of the way that you were with them and the way that you showed them through your Holy Spirit and through your Word, they were better because of it. Father, I thank you for the proof that sits all around us in this auditorium and online this morning. That, Lord Jesus, what you teach us and what you guide us with, not only is true, but it works. Help us take that into our hearts this morning, whether it be as a seed for the future when troubles arise, whether it be as a resource this morning for those in the middle of it. I commit us all to you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name.